Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, a day after another Bucks loss, and what's the fallout? We hear the latest from Dirk Cutter, from Deshaun Jackson, and our thoughts on Jameis Winston, all coming up on this edition of the Rick and Tom Podcast. Everybody, Tom Jones, Rick Straub, Tampa Bay Times, our producer is Steve Versnick. We'll talk Bucks, as I mentioned. We'll also get into a little NFL talk and the latest on the FSU coaching search as uh, the Rick and Tom podcast rolls along here. Rick, the Bucks 4-8 and eight now. Dirk Cutter spoke on Monday. You talked to him. But let's start somewhere else. Let's start with Deshaun Jackson. Rick, you had a chance to talk to Deshaun on Monday night. And I think there's this impression with Deshaun, even before we even hear from him, <laughs> that he's probably pouting because they're not winning. He's not getting enough balls thrown his way. There was sort of a cryptic tweet that he sent out Sunday night. Uh, but you talk to Deshaun, and, and sort of what's the vibe you get from Deshaun Jackson these days? Well, I mean, you know, I think he's disappointed, and his teammates are too. Uh, and, you know, this is not where anyone expected them to be, least of all the, the wide receiver that came here, you know, to, to help them win. But, you know, tonight, I mean, it's, it was one of those things where he had this um, shopping spree for underprivileged kids. He gave them each. Uh, $100 gift cards to Walmart. There were 50 of them. And um, and you know what? A bunch of his teammates came out. And I mean, not just anybody. Jameis Winston, Mike Evans, Bobo Wilson, TJ Ward, Chris Baker. I mean, you know, some pretty uh, substantial uh, named players. And they all came out to help him and take a group of kids all. Each grabbed, you know, five kids or so. And and uh, and took them through Walmart and um, really spent time with these kids and, and shopped. And, you know, when I talked to Deshaun about it, about what a tough year it's been, he said something that, you know, like, you know, these guys are sticking together. I mean, it's, you know, he goes, if you, if you had any idea how hard we work each week and how much we want to win, and it just hasn't happened for whatever reason. And he says, but, you know, you can lose on the field. Uh, and, and it's, you feel bad, but that doesn't mean you can't win somewhere else. And he goes, you know, like we're all here trying to help kids, trying to, you know, be, be involved in the community. And they, they all genuinely had a good attitude. I mean, I I think people get the impression and, you know, fans are very emotionally involved and, and the players, believe me, are, are more invested, obviously, but they get the reward, but, you know, they, they also have lives and they also have other interests and want to use their platform and, and, and don't carry this with them because they can't. The nature of the NFL is that you can't worry about the Packers anymore. You have to focus on the Detroit Lions. And so I think people get the impression, you know, and Deshaun is somebody that this area is not familiar with, kind of a diva receiver, the reputation is this or what. And the, and the reality is he's a really good-hearted guy who comes from a really tough neighborhood who understands the value of helping kids. And these were kids that were rewarded that did the right things, kids that stayed in school, kids at the Boys and Girls Club that, you know, are, are um, making sure their free time is constructive um, in ways. So it was neat. It was neat to see them all out there and, uh, and giving back. I'm always impressed by that, Rick. I remember a couple of years ago, the Lightning were on a – I was covering the Lightning back then, and they were on this road trip, and they were 
they were, it was like a six, seven day road trip. And they, we got back, I flew on a charter with the team back to Tampa and we got back like two 30 in the morning or something like that. And by the time everybody got home, it was more like three or three 30. And apparently the next morning by like seven o'clock, Vinny LeCavier was at the pediatric cancer center in mm. St. Pete, you know, like four hours later on mm. his one off day, you know, in like three weeks. Mm. And you hear these stories all the time from these athletes to raise, Tremendous, you know, reading at schools. Maybe they have what two off days a month, maybe in baseball. Yeah. Sometimes three. And these guys, and they never complain about it. They don't gripe. They don't, you know, they want to be out there. And they realize, look, as you mentioned, they get the rewards. They're, you know, Deshaun oh, Jackson's sure. making a lot of money, and oh, yeah. Evan Longoria made a lot of money. And Vinny Lecavier, at one point in his career, was the highest paid player in the history of the of the NHL. He had made more money over his career than anybody else had in their career. And yet, you know, it's 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 great to see those guys uh, still giving back to the community. Uh, my favorite thing on Monday, Rick, I must tell you, uh, and I again, I'm not, I'm not emotionally invested in the Bucs and whether they win or lose, but my favorite thing Monday was watching you and people on Twitter <laughs> go back and forth. Wow. As, <laughs> it actually was amusing for me. Wow. As you, as you sort of got into a... Uh, I guess uh, I, I'll just say it. it's a pissing match with people over Jameis Winston. And it was actually yeah. pretty amusing to watch you fire back at these people. Well, what was the biggest, like, what's the biggest complaint? I noticed some of it, like what they were saying about Jameis, but yeah. what was the part that, that got everybody riled up about Jameis? Yes. I let know he just, didn't have a great game, but. Let me just say it wasn't the literal match that you had in, at a bar in Appleton when somebody wanted oh. to challenge you. That, you know what? We got to tell that story real quick. I'll, you know, since, since it's a podcast. Speaking, it's sort of, speaking PG, of pissing matches, which PG I shouldn't 13. say. Can I say that on the Yes, um, we can. We just did. It's, yeah. Okay. So, okay. Okay, so we're watching. You and I are in Wisconsin. We're in Apple. Are we Wisconsin. going there now? Okay, yeah, great. we're gonna do this it now. Great. People, you can't tease people and then yeah, not there you go. Deliver, well, right? Is, is that? I'm not sure that was what was happening, but okay. Well, okay, here's what we're gonna do. <laughs> yeah, so we're you and I are watching the Wisconsin Ohio State game in a bar in Appleton, Wisconsin, and everybody in there. There's probably maybe 60 people in this bar. Everybody's rooting for Wisconsin, and it's now it's to the point where it looks it's clear that Wisconsin's not going to win this game. So maybe. Nerves are a little bit afraid. And now we've been, you know, we're deep into the game after several beers for everybody. So I go in to use the restroom. And it's one of those restrooms where uh, there's just a, there's a urinal and then there's a, a stall for, to close the door in case you have to do something else. And the urinal was like, there was walls on both sides, but so it was a real tight squeeze in there. Well, I'm, I'm going to the bathroom and some guy comes up from behind me, he goes, Hey, buddy, can I get in there with you? <laughs> I was like, that is like the weirdest request I think I've ever heard in my life, by the way. But go ahead. And I, and I thought, okay, he's got to be clowning around. And I was like, no. Yeah. And he goes, come on, let me get in there. I won't take up much room. He goes, I won't take up much room. And I said, no, get a, get the, and I actually dropped a, a vulgarity. I'm like, get away from me. And and then I turned around and he was like in my way. Now there's a sink behind me. So I had to sort of squeeze between him and the sink to get out the door and he wouldn't move. And finally moved enough, just enough for me to get by. I go, come on, man. And he looked at me, he goes, come on, what? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get in a fight in Appleton, Wisconsin. This is now after you've been telling me all weekend about all oh, the people in Wisconsin are so they great. Are. They're so nice. Everybody's they so are nice. nice. Well, the guy wanted to fight me in a urinal because I wouldn't let him pee with me into the same uh, yeah, urinal. And I, and I must say, I've been to Wisconsin a lot of times, <laughs> and no one has made that offer, um, nor have nor has it seemed to be like a common thing. I've never walked into a bathroom where they were anyone was sharing a urinal. So, 
Exactly. I don't know what that dude's problem was other than he really had to go. The whole um, night was a weird night. The whole night was weird because it, it, it ended with you turning although, around right at one, at one yeah, point. Although Cleo's was nice. Cleo's people was don't nice. Know, although, people don't know. Like The one advantage like when you go on the road and you can actually like sample. And when I say sample, I don't mean you know, liquids. I'm talking about you get to get the feel for the culture of the town. And Appleton... Yes. Appleton is a Rockwell postcard. I mean, it really is. It's like 1962 up there. And when I say 1962, I mean, that's how old the carpet was at the hotel we stayed at. (laughs) But, um, you know, we went to Bee's Diner, right, for breakfast. Yeah, Queen Bee, the Queen Bee Diner. The Queen Bee Diner, you know. For breakfast. It's just like Aunt Bee's. I mean, it's like what you would expect. You know, it's Mayberry. And and so, um, but we went up to this Cleo's, which is a famous, uh, infamous, I should say, a famous uh, bar up there, a club. Uh, but it's a Christmas. Pl- it's a Christmas year round. Year yeah. round, it's decorated as Christmas. But this is Christmas season, so it was really apropos. And we're in there, and some people from the Bucks came in there and whatnot. Um, and not play, not players like like staff people, front office people. Yeah, yeah, say. staff or, or and then maybe an assistant coach. But yeah, <laughs> um, who go nameless. But the the whole thing was is that you know it's uh it's an atmosphere thing. I mean, everybody in Wisconsin, I think, is with the exception of this guy, is genuinely friendly. I don't think I've ever had a terse word with anybody in Wisconsin. Well, it was funny um, though. The, the night ended though with you buying a drink for. Well, right. Had but left. what? Well, what happened? What? What had happened was, I'm talking to this this dude, you know, and some others from the box, and I was like, "Hey, you know, let me buy you a beer. What are you drinking?" And we're like, okay, I'm drinking an Amstel. Okay, and I turn around, and the service was not great because it's very crowded in there. You had already decided you were leaving. I bailed on you. Yeah. You bailed. You said I'm too, done. Too and, traumatized and, from. I had to yeah. use the bathroom again, and I went. At, I didn't want to have to chance it in this bathroom. And you were just off that night. I don't know why. You yeah, were just it wasn't. Off. It wasn't feeling it that night. I mean, it might have been the Victoria's pasta dinner we had. But at oh, any rate, too much food. I'm telling you, I, I, I. So I ordered. I ordered the drinks, and and I turn around. I got beer in one hand, my drink in the other hand. I turn around. Everybody had left me. <laughs> there must have been ten people from the Bucks. You. The guy I bought the beer for, I'm standing there with two drinks in my hand, and I'm the guy who lost his friend. And the place ain't so big that you can lose somebody. Like, so I'm walking up and down the bar going, excuse me, excuse me. It's crowded. Yeah. So I'm that loser dude, you know what I mean? The loner. With, can't, with even the, give a, can't even give can't away a give drink away to make a beer. friends. And I, yeah. and I thought for a second, like, hey, would you like a beer? Like, I'd be that guy. But then I thought that's so creepy that like probably nobody would want to drink it. So no, some girl would probably think you dropped a roof. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. And so I just set it down on a table and left. But <laughs> it, it was, yeah, it was really nice of all of you Bucks folks that left me stranded there. Well, at least Cleo's. I said goodbye. At least I said goodbye to you. I told you I was headed back. You did, you did. That's true. But nobody else did, and they all ended up walking with you. Apparently, I guess. The, yeah, most of them were with me. I didn't know how you didn't know they they had left. Anyway, so then we get up the next day. We go to the game. We watch the game. Jameis Winston has what we, what I thought Rick overall was a decent game. I, I thought he was okay. Now he had the one horrible play mm-hmm. where he was going back and he was running around and he didn't know when to give up and and he tried to make a throw and he hit his hit, hit one of his teammates thighs and the ball comes out and Green Bay takes it back for a touchdown and that turned out to be as Dirk Cutter pointed out on Monday there were sort of a couple of sequence of plays where they had the interception the Bucks did couldn't do anything with it had to block punt and then right after that Jameis Winston they drive down the field and Jameis Winston turns the football over but other than that Rick Jameis Winston had a solid game he he threw a couple of touchdown passes to Cam Brate they drove the ball up and down the field. They had f- nearly 500 yards of total offense. And overall, a better performance than I expected from Jameis Winston for being out 
and injured for as long as he's been out and injured. And yet uh, they still lost. And a big part of the loss was that he turned that football over and it was a critical part in that game, which led a lot of people on Twitter Monday to jump you for some reason about well, Jameis Winston. They attacked me because I, I wrote a column. And, I, and the first thing I say is you got to give the guy credit. He's, he competes his butt off. You know, I mean, that's that's one thing we know about Jameis is that he is a competitor. And I said that he got, you know, absolutely, you know, no help from his offensive line. Um, he was sacked seven times. I think he was pressured 23 times, if you can imagine that. And and I gave all the caveats about how he had a solid game, you know, two touchdowns, 275 yards, no interceptions, whatever. But my the whole point of this was saying, you know, there's always that one play, you know, like not and not always, but 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 in this game where where it went to overtime and they had the sequence with the block punt, they go in, score a touchdown, and then, you know, what happened uh, in Jameis's fumble situation? They're at the thirty-yard line, so you're talking about a, a, a you're in field goal range if you're the Bucks, and so when Jameis long after he should have continued to try to make a play with the nose tackle pretty firmly wrapped around his legs or his waist. Uh, he rears back. The ball hits something. It pops up in the air. I thought it should have been a pick, but uh, a 296-pound defensive tackle picks it off, runs it back 60-something yards for a touchdown. So now you're down 21-7. And, you know, everybody pointed out, well, you didn't talk about, you know, the seven sacks. Well, I did talk about the seven sacks. Well, you didn't talk about how he gave him the lead. Well, I did talk about it. I mean, I – it wasn't as if I just glossed over everything good he did, but but that's fifty, and I, I was hung up on that number a little bit. I mean, fifty turnovers in forty-one games, okay? That's a lot of turnovers. And remember where Jameis Winston entered the league, okay? He was the guy that everybody said, well, he's a gunslinger, he's going to turn it over a little bit. I mean, this conversation goes back to hard knocks, the first conversation of the off season, the training camp that that Dirk Cutter had with him. Is Jameis asking how much is too much? When do you know not to put? And you know, Dirk was you know the this is the challenge for a guy like Jameis Winston. And, and there so, was that uh, there was that play. Remember in the Jacksonville game where he yes. didn't give up and he throws it up in the air and Dirk, Dirk loses his mind, jumps him. Just this is what we're talking about. Yeah, this is what you cannot do. And oh, by the way, there were some bad plays that we didn't talk about yesterday, like when he's five yards past the line of scrimmage, he could have <laughs> run the ball in for the end zone and decides to throw it. And and then instead of you know second and goal, they got third and goal at the eleven or the twelve. You know what's funny about when guys throw the ball like when they cross the line of scrimmage? Usually you have to look to replay like seven times. Like did it? Was his arm crossed? Was his, this was like so obvious? They didn't even need to look at it. They, like no. he was like he literally was like two or three yards beyond the line of scrimmage. It wasn't track. even close. I mean, no. you, you got to know yeah more more awareness than that to to be five yards downfield and think you're going to throw a touchdown pass. And then he celebrated. Um, but he came back and he, you know, he threw that rocket to Brayton, and so all is forgiven. But it could have been another huge play. So it's not look, I get it. He's in his third year. Yes, he's twenty-three. And all anybody wants to do is send me stats about Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Well, Peyton Manning's numbers after this many games was this. And, you know, um, name the court Philip Rivers or or, you know, I mean and, and I mean they keep naming Brett Favre. Right, you, you know who I, I mean. I get it. Everyone wants to compare him to Brett Favre. I, I understand the style of play, but there are twenty-something modern-day quarterbacks in the entire Pro Football Hall of Fame. Okay, why are we constantly comparing Jameis Winston to that? Just because you want to find some Hall of Fame quarterback that turned the ball over a lot early in his career? 
I can find you 25 or 50 guys that didn't make it to their fourth year because they turned the ball over a lot. I mean, yep. this is not a this is not an endearing trait. You know what? If you turn the ball over a lot, you can be like Brett Favre or Peyton Manning. <laughs> I mean, you know, here's the other thing all those quarterbacks did, by the way. I mean, from Matthew Stafford to Peyton Manning to Eli Manning to Brett Favre to Matt Ryan, you name it. You know what they all did in their third year? Their teams went to the playoffs. You know who's not going to the playoffs this year? The Bucks. Right. So, you know, before everybody goes crazy, and oh, by the way, all I'm doing is reflecting what the coaches have been saying the entire year, including after Sunday's game. Um, now, you know, did Dirk Cutter think overall he played well? Yeah. I mean, the guy was running for his life for the most part, and, and we know he's tough as nails. That's, that's how this conversation began. The guy wouldn't come out. They played him for four games, and they probably should have shut him down. But you know what happens when you extend plays? The same thing that happened in Arizona. You get hurt. Yeah, sure you, you do. You get hurt or you turn the ball over. And listen, one of the things Jameis Winston has to learn how to do is, you know, live for another down or to play another game. And that's not to say that, you know, he doesn't have talent and, and that his competitiveness, uh, you know, doesn't help him make plays because, you know, a lot of guys will give up on plays. He won't. And sometimes he makes them. And that's sort of a cost risk reward thing. But, you know, on balance, you, you know, the, the, the reward better be much better than the risk because if, if you're turning it over that much and your team's losing because of it, it doesn't matter how many plays you're making. Right. And look, there's something admirable about being out there every week. I mean, you mentioned it. You, we were talking about it the other day. Eli Manning uh, mm-hmm. is, is, goes out there and plays. Brett Favre was out, would manage. It doesn't mean that those guys don't um, – don't make some, or you know, Brett Favre certainly made some bad mistakes in his sure. career, bad decisions, and, and they were kind and of Eli Manning throws a ton of interceptions too. Yeah, yeah. but uh, but those are those are those are just backbreaker plays, Rick, that cannot happen. And that's again, it's that one play a game. You can play a terrific game, and he he's played a lot of terrific games in his NFL career. He did it at Florida State too, Rick, and that's the concern. He did it at Florida right. State, and you can come back against bad, you know, college teams. Because you have so much more talent than the other team. In the NFL, there's not much of a difference. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I mean, you throw out the best team in the league, which is New England, and throw out the worst team in the league, which is uh, Cleveland, and everybody else is pretty much uh, within a touchdown of one another. I mean, that's often what these games come down to, is that who makes a couple more points? I look back at that Bucks game Sunday, Rick, and I don't look back at this entire Bucks season for that matter. Let me change three plays in in any football game, in yeah. in any Bucks game or any football game, and I'll give you a different winner. Just let me change I'll, three plays. I'll do better than that. I I've written this story and I've done it a couple times just as an example. I can change three plays in a season, and and put their team in the playoffs. I mean, is yeah, that you close. go you go from eight and eight to to eleven yeah. and five at that right. point. Absolutely. Yeah. And those are the plays that Jameis Winston, he's still going to make mistakes. We're not expecting him to go out there and play error-free football. Everybody throws interceptions. Everybody makes mistakes now and then. Sure. 
But there, there does come a point though, Rick, where you, you wonder, okay, you got, you got to stop doing that, James. Yeah, I know, I know. And then he can't help himself. <laughs> well, and, and here's the thing. I want to know when was it, when is it not okay to scrutin or have, you know, put, uh, put, screw have scrutiny or criticism or whatever you want to call it on the number one overall pick and Heisman trophy winner who's in his third season in the NFL. Uh, and, and I want, I keep hearing how he's 23 years old. I understand how old he is, you know, but the, he's got, he still has 41 starts in the NFL. I mean, he was, he was prodigious in that he got to, he got here at age 20 and could have played two more years of college football. And maybe he'd have benefited from that. I don't know. You know, maybe, maybe, Maybe uh, Coach Fisher would have stayed at Florida State longer if uh, if he had won another national champion to with with Jameis Winston instead of going to AM. But I mean, the bottom line is he's been here, and you know, last time I checked, of much that is given, much is expected. And what you have right now, um, at the end of the day, is a seventeen and twenty four record, and one coach is fired, Lovey Smith. I'm not saying it was Jameis's fault, but he's fired. Another coach is certainly on the hot seat. Okay? So right. all I know is what? they haven't won enough games to save the two coaches that have been here. And I'm not I'm not taking those guys off the hook and saying, well, Jameis got them fired. But he also didn't win enough games to keep them around. Right. And mm-hmm. and that's on the coach as well as the quarterback. And, and look, all I know is that's the guy that's holding the ball every play. People, you know, the other thing that bothers me is that as soon as you say anything about anybody on this team, they immediately say, well, what about Gerald McCoy? How many games has he <laughs> lost? I'm like, come on, man. They don't, there are two guys, we said this last night, that they attach records to, the coach and the quarterback. Right. That's it. And they're the only two that talk at a podium after the game. So I, I don't know, but it seems to me that, you know, those guys have high expectations. Jameis Winston it will say it, and he says it all the time, look, i got to stop turning the ball over. You know, but – Saying it doesn't doesn't make it happen. I think he's gotten better with the football. I think he's made better decisions this year. I think that his completion percentage and you know if you you can't take away the four games I thought he was injured, but by by on 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 balance I you know he's got a two to one touchdown to interception ratio this year, so that's good. That's improvement. I think he was poised to have a really big year, but I'll say it this. still hasn't happened. I'll say this time and time again. When we're listing, by the way, the fifth, give me, I'll give you fifty reasons why the Bucks have been bad over the last ten years. And you know whose name not, does not appear on that list? Joe McCoy. Joe right. McCoy's name does not appear on that list. I'm so not sick according of, I'm so to tired. fans. Well, I'm yeah, some fans. I'm so tired of of that of this criticism, Joe McCoy. And as far as Jameis Winston goes, you know who else is twenty three years old? By the way, Rick, Jared Goff is twenty three years old. That's and his right. His team's going to the playoffs. And yep. I don't know how old Carson Wentz is, but it's well, I know he's in his second. He's in his second year in the NFL, and his team, right. you know, lost their second game the other night. Right, absolutely, absolutely has to get better. Uh, some other things going on around the National Football League. Rick Rob Gronkowski, the big lug, the big oaf, all Jeez. real funny. We all love Rob Gronkowski. What he did on Sunday, piling on a Buffalo defensive back because he was mad that that he wasn't mad at the guy. He was mad at the official for not calling interference, and it might have been interference, and then jumps on him like it's the WWE, and uh, he ends up getting suspended for a game. A game suspension, I guess it's enough, Rick. I wouldn't have had a problem if they had suspended him for two games, 
But uh, but one probably one game's probably. I saw where Larry Fitzgerald didn't think he should have been suspended at all, which I thought was weird. But yeah, they must um, have some some business deal together. I First of all, so. it was a Buffalo defenseless back uh, who was That's laying true. on the ground. When you think about it, and yeah, if the NFL originally was going to give is I here a keep to leave two games for ripping a dude's chain off his neck, then I think maybe Gronkowski should have gotten the same. He I know put they this guy in concussion protocol, Rick. Well, and that's the thing. And, and I've had people say this, and I don't think it's that far-fetched. It's like, if, of course, you know, you can manipulate this. So this is why they don't do it. But, like, if you hurt a guy, would it be reasonable to say you're out as long as he's out? That's been that's been a lot of – you know where that comes up a lot in the National Hockey League? A lot in of hockey, talk about yeah. it in the NHL where if you hit a knee-on-knee hit or, you know, you yeah. hit a guy from behind into the board said he should be suspended for as long as that guy's that, – that long as that guy's out. thing with Gronkowski, too, that I didn't like, and I, I've always liked Rob Gronkowski because I think he's a heck of a player. And, he's and a I meathead. Think he's, he's, yeah. a, he's a meathead, but, like, he's, like, kind but of – He knows he's yeah. a meathead, yeah. Yeah. Um, but what bothered me uh, yesterday uh, or after the game on Sunday was that he apologized, but not really. He's saying, "Wow, that's not me. I don't do that." First off, it is you. You did do that, and he said, uh, "And I apologized to the guy," and which which is great. But then all of a sudden, he and asked, the guy and went uh, Thursday. Yeah, right. Yeah, the what's guy your has name? brain scrambled. Yeah, yeah. Who are you, Superman? Right. But, he ends up, <laughs> the other part he adds to it is that then he went on to complain about why he was frustrated. Well, I get this has been seven years now where I'm getting interfered with. Like, it's that, save that for another day. You know, save that for Wednesday or Thursday of this week. Like, look, here's why I was frustrated. But in that moment, you have to, you have to fall on the sword and just say, look, that was totally uncalled for. I could have really hurt that guy. I sincerely well, you know, who, you know who did say that was yeah, yeah. his coach, his head coach yeah. told, uh, Told the Bills coach that was BS. So BS, exactly. He, yeah. He's, and yeah, he said it in full. Uh, there was a firing on Monday, Rick. The first guy to go down on the NFL season that was Ben McAdoo. He gets canned in New York with the Giants. What a mess! Now they're talking about Eli Manning going back in, as if well, it was him and Jerry Reese, who was the GM, who also got it today. Yeah, um, it, well deserved, uh, I might say, for by both those guys, and not just because of the Eli Manning benching. But I will say this about. Uh, you know the Mara family and John John Mara that that made the decision is that where were you two weeks ago? I mean, so it's, you essentially you. you essentially let these jabronis that you were going to fire anyway, and everybody knew they were going to get fired. You let them bench a guy and end his two hundred and ten game winning streak, and then because you didn't playing like the streak, way it all the way it was all, your, your playing streak, uh, winning streak would have been great, yeah. uh, but because because that would have been even bigger news. Because you let you let them bench him, um, now they're fired because they've lost control of the team. Uh, you know what? You lost control. You lost control because this guy should have been fired six weeks ago, and maybe you wouldn't have to deal with this this stuff because there's no way Ben McAdoo was coming back, and no. Jerry Reese's time is up, and and now what you have, uh, yeah, you bet that whoever uh, I, I mean I guess they're going with Spagnolo. Is that going to be their uh, their interim? I suppose. I guess, yeah. The defense right. coordinator. You can bet that. Uh, He's going to put Eli Manning back out there, but he can't put the streak back together. Humpty Dumpty can't be put back together again. And now Manning feels like, as an organization, because it wasn't like Mara said this was a bad idea when it happened. Right. They, he feels like you've moved on from me anyway. So you, you, now the, the coach and the GM may be gone, but the hard feelings aren't, I assure you. The only way to patch this up now, and it's and and that'll they'll never do this, and the guy won't come back. I'd call call Tom Archie. 
call I'd call Archie. Tom Coughlin. <laughs> I'd call you while they Archie. I'd call Tom Coughlin. Say, okay, what do you want? What 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 can it? What do you have to do? What do we have to do to bring you back? I think he's happy in Jacksonville, and he's tar- he's turned out organization. Oh, he's right? loving this. Jags you don't think back to the playoffs. you don't think that Tom Coughlin, with what has happened in Jacksonville, with what he's the impact he's had down there yeah. on that team. Um, as as a GM and just the the whole, I mean, I saw a training camp, man. It was old school. I mean, it was Ray Perkins, you know, freaking three days. Those dudes were doing <laughs> up. No, seriously, you know, the Bucks went up there for two for two practices, and right. it was hot as blazes. Those dudes were doing up downs, up downs. This is an NFL team. It was up, the Junction Boys. They weren't allowed to have water. There no, was no water. shade anywhere. That's They're practicing right. on, on thorn bushes. Yeah. They had to get in a push up position and sing <laughs> Mary Had a Little Lamb. It was it was insane. And um, but they toughened them up and by gosh, you know, they got enough good players that they're running the ball playing defense and they're going to the postseason. I think Coughlin is loving watching the New York Giants burn. Yeah, they're absolutely imploding. Uh college football real quick before we go, Rick. Uh looks like as of Monday night. Uh, that Willie Taggart was in negotiations with Florida State. I don't know even if they even looked at anybody else. I still have my serious doubts about this, but it seems like Florida State's pretty happy moving forward. Um, I, I can't remember what you said. Are you, are you good with Willie on this, Florida State? I I don't know that this is going to work out. Um, I'm I just still th- I I guess I remember the guy I talked to that was despondent or so he seemed on Tuesdays um after the two seasons at USF and we were all like hey man what do we ask him he's going to get fired <laughs> and then he gave the off- offense up he got Quentin Flowers and he looked like a really smart coach and they won a bunch of games and he's at Oregon for one year and he looks like a really smart coach and he had the sixth best recruiting uh class in the nation so he's also a very good recruiter he got a bunch of guys from Florida so he looks like that guy, right? He looks like the next guy that's going to be a superstar in this business. And yet, I just think it's meteoric. I don't, I don't know that there's enough body of work to justify going all in on Willie Taggart, you know, yeah. at a program like Florida State. But he's going to get his chance. I have my reservations. I, you know, I don't really know uh, how that's going to work. Jimbo Fisher, meantime, gets introduced to Texas A&M and talks about how Texas A&M is a destination job, which I'm sure thrilled <laughs> the people at Florida State to find out they're a stepping stone job, apparently, <laughs> on their way to Texas A&M. Uh, the other news, too, Rick, uh, Mark Harlan, the athletic director at USF, I guess is drawing some interest from Arkansas. And I know Mark a little bit, not not terribly well. You know, I just get the sense that it, Boy, here long. it hasn't. It hasn't been a good fit here. I don't know that he may end up staying. I, it just oh, feels come like, on. A, like an. Well, I don't. You know, I mean, if he doesn't get the Arkansas job, did. he ends up staying. But I mean, I mean, if Arkansas calls you again, power five. Well, I don't know. I'm saying maybe Arkansas won't offer him the job. Yeah, that's possible. Yeah, but if he goes though, again, this is nothing personal against Mark Harlan. It just never seemed like. Just seemed like didn't seem like the right fit the entire time. What I mean, maybe he, I'm Mark? not. I don't know enough. I don't know. He hired Charlie what, Strong. Give him credit for that. And I mean, but that's. I mean, really, what's what is the Mark Harlan legacy over on that? Well, it'll program? be that and Brian Gregory, who's the basketball coach. Who I mean, the basketball program's a mess, and and Orlando Antigua didn't help there. But, right. um, but I, yeah, I just I think Mark Harlan. It came from from UCLA. He was assistant athletic director out there. Maybe moves on to Arkansas, and I wish him luck if he does. I think he's he's a nice man. I get along. He's a, he's a he's a gentleman. But it just never, it just didn't feel like the right fit. Maybe, like, again, maybe I'm not around that program enough to make that 
that determination. But is there a uh, in-house candidate, or is there somebody that's uh, I don't know. got their no. eyeballs on the USF uh, AD job? I don't know. Maybe Charlie. You, will you want perhaps? It. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. That would be a hard job. That's a hard job, man. Being an athletic. Yeah, driver. it is. Phil Fulmer's about to find that out in Tennessee. The hey, other. Before, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just no, going to no. say the the other college uh, football news. I don't know if you saw that Herm Edwards was introduced today. Oh yeah. Uh, as the head coach of the Arizona State Sun Devils. Yeah. And he got a question, you know, from one of these blog sites, and I don't know if you've seen it, I've uh, heard but it. this I've is this is with the background with pitchforks, you know, their logo in the background, yeah, yeah. and the guy goes, Code Ravino Devils Digest. Uh, Devils Digest, huh? Yes, sir. Where are you located, my man? <laughs> right here in Tempe. Okay, Devils Digest, okay. Uh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm Catholic now, I'm a Christian, watch out them devils. <laughs> Should we tell Herm that they're the Sun Devils? <laughs> does Herm, should, should, not, does know Herm not know what the logo, <laughs> what the damn name? And I love Herm, but it, I think he was just trying to kind of be funny. Yeah. But it was kind of it was uncomfortable. It was like, wait a minute, it, it, uh, Devil's Den. It's like a no. you know Sun Devils like. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, go, hey, yeah, hey, look at. And it's, it's at that moment. You're Catholic like, now. Oh, well, you go ahead, hired, but I, I don't. The devil thing. I don't. You know, I don't. I don't much know about that. They hired Grandpap and Grandpap, <laughs> and he doesn't know. He doesn't know. That's all. Well, you know, it just reminds me like Ron Zook when he was introduced uh, at Illinois. He kept saying, "I'm happy to be here at Illinois." Oh yeah. And <laughs> here at Illinois, like, no, dude, there's no S there, but it's just the spelling. The, the what what always used to get me was Illinois, uh, and Steve Versick. <laughs> Steve Versick can relate to this. Like people who call Cincinnati Cincinnati. Like, well, I had a grandfather call and Missouri. They call Missouri instead of Missouri. Yeah. Well, they do they call to... it Missouri, Missouri, don't they? Do they? Do people in Sa- I think people in St. Louis call it Missouri. I don't think they call it Missouri. Missouri, but they Cincinnati. Can we get a, Cincinnati can we get a ruling? Cincinnati Is Cincinnati, Cincinnati not not a thing in Cincinnati? Uh, there's no. some locals that call it that, but Cincinnati really. I don't. I assume that's where it came from. <laughs> well, it's an I. Not what about a, Washington? Yeah. Washington? Washington. Or Louisville. Louisville is Lo- one like Louisville. It's Louisville. It's Louisville. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's not Louisville. It's Louisville. And, how, and okay, where do the Saints play, by the way? New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans? See, I don't say, I say New Orleans. I say, and that's, uh, I'm sure the Louisianans hear that. And, Cajuns and call it New Orleans. Put a pitchfork in my throat, yeah. New Orleans. New Orleans, but... N-A-W-L-I-N-S. Hey, before we go to Rick, we should also mention, you know, earlier tonight we were talking about this whole thing with um, uh, players spending their off time, Deshaun Jackson and those guys uh, doing some stuff for kids on Monday night. And we talked about the um, lighting, former lighting players like Vinny LeCavier going to pedi- pediatric hospitals. Uh, it should also be mentioned, and Steve Versting points this out to us, that on Monday night, Stephen Stamkos, Victor Hedman, J.T. Brown, on a rare off day for them, all went to Seminole Heights. Uh, To help that area, which is still sort of recovering emotionally from the murders there. They signed autographs to three different locations, I believe it was, throughout Seminole Heights. Yeah, and Joe Smith has a story on that in Tampa Bay. Raising money for victims of the. Yeah, and just, yeah, and just, I think just to show some goodwill and and support for that area. Trying to bring people with businesses there. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Yes, check out Joe Smith. Joe Smith has a story in uh, in the Tampa. I'm Bay telling Times you, man, and people that you know, we get jaded. But I'm telling you, I, I the, some of the greatest, I, I, on average, on the whole, we met our share of jerks too. But on the whole, professional athletes that, that I've dealt with are all really good dudes. They're good, yeah. good people. They care about the communities. They they give their time, their money. Um, unfortunately, we write about the other guys a lot, but. 
Right. For the for the most part, you can you can back this up, Tom. I mean, it's just you know we're we're lucky. We have a lot of good good representatives of of our of our teams here. And I think I think, and that's their thing. And I and you know I, I don't know if I should. People are going to say, "Well, this is why you're sticking up for a guy like Gerald McCoy." I think Gerald McCoy is one of the finest athletes I've ever covered as a human being. Mm-hmm. And I, it doesn't mean he can't be criticized. We can't. I'm not saying you can never criticize Gerald McCoy, or he's never played a bad game in his life. Right. But uh, I think when I when I think back of all the athletes I've covered, and and there are a handful that I look at and say, you know what, that's a really good. Vinny LeCavier was one of those, mm-hmm. and and, and Joe McCoy's right Derek there. Derek Brooks and work done. Derek Brooks, good people. I mean, man. he would have really fit in people. really well, you know, had he played in that era. Of course, you know, Sap played, but I mean. You know the the John Lynches and the Derek Brooks and the Warwick Duns and you know that's kind of the same same mold same cloth that Gerald sure. McCoy's from. Absolutely. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. You can check us out on and subscribe iTunes, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on Twitter at Rick Tom Podcast at NFL Strad at Tom W Jones. Again, our producer Steve Versnick. Thanks to him. Have a great day, everybody, and we'll talk to you next time. Hey, buddy, can I get in there? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 